0: But then we start talking about what god takes away god does not he's not a taker we can forfeit we can open doors and of course god does chasten us you understand to teach us just like we did our own children sometimes some privileges that we had he removed them for a moment but his intentions are always to bless us our own disobedience will remove the good things of God out of our lives. Amen? Amen? And then again, we have to think about what's actually good. What, what are the blessings of the Lord? Because in America, we, we have these things about the blessings of the Lord, and it has all to do with financial and material things. I saw something on Facebook the other day about this Chinese woman that was being persecuted. She was, be, she was beat and under arrest by policemen that's what the picture showed she was all bloody she had been persecuted as a Christian amen persecuted as a Christian and so you know when we look at that we say we could say by what we see and what she's going through well she's not blessed We, we need to get a better understanding about what a blessing is Being persecuted and still being alive that's a blessing living in a country that they want you to renounce Jesus Christ and you don't and you can't and you won't let up with your beliefs and you're so passionate because of the flame of God inside of you you won't renounce Jesus so you'll take a beating for it I would say that's a blessing I would say the blesser's working inside of you. And then we start thinking about, well, what is persecution? Many people, they get a dislike on Facebook, that's persecution. (laughs) We need to think about what these things are. Persecution is that lady and what she's going through. She's being persecuted for believing in Jesus Christ and living for Jesus. and, And you know what? Determined committed in our heart not to turn from that and so persecution is doing the right thing when everybody else wants you to do the wrong thing concerning the things of God and so persecution is maybe not having the right to even exist that's persecution and so we get all of our American terminology in the Bible from the glorious things that we live in which I thank the Lord for but we need to know that we're not living a American gospel we're living the gospel of Jesus Christ and that gospel will not disappoint us that gospel will not make you ashamed even though you're threatened and you're being persecuted maybe by words and fists but the gospel is the power of God unto salvation and the Bible says it is written the righteousness of God will be revealed from faith to faith and the just shall live by faith it doesn't matter what things look like we live by faith and our trust in God it doesn't matter how good or how bad it gets; our trust is always in God and sometimes as Americans our trust will wane because of the blessings of God in our face but you need to trust him then also And when it all maybe disappears, I'm not prophesying that, but things happen in life, things shift in life. When it's not there, we need to still trust Him. Amen? I got one little quiet amen (laughs) over there. Listen, last week we talked about, uh, you know, I'm not a boat preacher. I'm a water walker preacher. And so if you like the boat, that's okay don't be condemned but you're always going to be being called out of the boat because i'm a i'm a water walker preacher not a boat occupying preacher i'm progressive i want to come from what's comfortable into where god wants me to be and wherever god wants me to be i need to be comfortable with that even though it's very uncomfortable get used to be being uncomfortable because God's calling you out of areas that we're comfortable in. Not to hurt us, but to bring us closer to him. Amen. Who wants to come out the boat? Well, how does that work? Walking on water. That's trusting God. You're trusting in God. How does the water hold you up? I don't have a clue. I'm just just coming to the word come. I'm just coming to the word. I'm just holding the word close to my heart. How does it happen? I don't know. But I know my obedience has a lot to do with it. And my steps towards him and what he's calling me to do has a lot to do with me pleasing him. Anyway, I'm glad to be here today. Uh, Jen sent me a picture last night of those that were in Irwinville. It looks like y'all really were having a good time, even without me. It's a pleasure, really, for me to see people in this church happy, united, working together, living together, fellowshipping together. That just does so much for me. I'm not stressed out when things are not going right. I'm not stressed out when there are some divisions and some strife. I'm really not. It's my place to step in. You know, some people just want to give up on people. We don't give up on people. When the opportunity comes, we want to take a step in that direction, uh, you know, to, to, to become one some kind of way, and sometimes that's very complicated. We're not going to agree with everything, But it's our place to take that step to bring people into agreement with the Word and the will of God. I, I I don't like those people because they don't agree with me at all. Well, we still initiate. We still preach the truth. We still prophesy the truth. We still talk the truth of God. Always hoping. It's the hope that's set before us. Always hoping that something could change. Not that we're all right, but that... You know what? It's really not about us. It's about pleasing our Father. It's about being obedient to the Word of God. And sometimes we just get hung up on things because it becomes about us. Anyway, my message this morning, uh, I know it will have an effect on us. And the effect that I would like to see is that we become more unified. Okay, I'm not saying that we are not unified now because the opposite of not being in unity is disunity. And if the enemy can keep us separated, he can conquer. If the enemy can have you isolated, he can conquer. If the enemy can have you alone and thinking in your own mind all by yourself, you understand that the enemy can conquer. So let's go to Ephesians 4, 11, and let's start there. Pay attention, not only in your mind, but open your spirit up to what the Lord wants to say to you this morning. Ephesians 4, 11, the Bible says, and he himself gave some to be apostles, just some, not everybody, some prophets, just some, not, not everybody are prophets, some evangelists, not everybody's evangelists, but everybody is to do the work of the evangelists, To fulfill their ministry some pastors you don't have to be like me (laughs) not everybody's a pastor but everybody can help us shepherd people and everybody can help us disciple people that they can mature in the things of God and teachers not everybody's a teacher but everybody can teach you understand if God has given you something you can surely give it to someone else for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come you see we all need to come to this place and if we keep reading we will see where this place is come to the unity of the faith so we're coming to a place of being in more agreement to the unity of the faith the ways of God the will of God the will of God And of the knowledge of the Son of God to the perfect man we're talking about maturing the kingdom of God is all about people maturing allowing the Spirit of God to form and fashion us that we can become more like his dear son Jesus Christ that we can reveal more of his attributes and his ways in our own life so nobody listen if you start the first grade, and stay in the first grade for 12 years? Everybody will notice that. Can everybody say that's a problem? No parent would want that for any of their child. They would do all they had to do to get assistance and help that that child would not have to stay in the first grade for 12 years. So it's the same way when we get in the kingdom of God the Bible says we now in the kingdom of God are born from above so we're born again but we're not born of human descent we're born from above but when we're born again we are children of God we are infants of God but nobody in the kingdom of God is supposed to stay in the first grade of God all of their lives You have to grow up. The whole kingdom of God is about his sons and daughters growing up into the image and the likeness of his son. And so when we stop growing, we become deformed. When we stop growing, we become handicapped. When we stop growing, we're not becoming what the Lord wants us to be and the fullness of it. Are y'all here? So we wanna become that mature person so actually every week you in the Lord studying the Word praying seeking the face of God humbling yourself you know things should be happening in your life it's it's, how many y'all know everyday life in this world is school (laughs) and so we should be using implementing applying practicing the Word of God in the everyday struggles of this world the Bible says that Jesus learned obedience through suffering and so he wasn't dismayed he wasn't discouraged he wasn't mad that he left heaven to come to this trashy place you understand he's a real missionary but he was still obedient to the father And so I know things are not right outside these doors. Some things are not right inside these doors. But you understand, that's where you practice being like Jesus. Without these hits, without these struggles, without these trials, without the troubles, without the tribulation, we can't practice our trust and our faith in the Lord. Don't go to praying for all these trials and troubles. They're there. Just just implement the Word of God. Trust Him in the hard situations. Amen? So we can mature. You know, when when we're tested in this world, we really find out what's inside of us. You ever just really blew it with somebody? I mean, all of a sudden, you came out in the little skirmish. The flesh rose up. You said things you didn't want to, and you walked away and said, oh, my God. Now, of course, usually you'll walk away from that and have all kinds of excuses and reasons to being in the flesh and full of the devil. But it happens, and then you walk away and you're like, "I can't believe I, do. I I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I said that. I can't believe I let this happen." Anybody am I the only one? And so, what's happening? The Holy Spirit is just convicting you. And so, it's like, man, this is a lesson right here. Shut your mouth. This is a lesson right here. Trust the Lord. Don't get in the flesh. Don't open the door. Don't even make it about you. I have found in Christ, it ain't about us. This whole life is not about us. It's about pleasing Him. And if we could keep that in front, first and foremost, Lord, I just want to please you. You know, some of the victories that we get in life it's not even a victory in God's eyes. We just feel good and comfortable. Are y'all here? Yeah. You know, maybe maybe you had a little skirmish with someone and you won. And God's looking at this, it ain't about you women winning, it's That's about right. your heart. That's right. And so I'm telling you, sometimes we have little skirmishes. You know when when we left England and came over here. And you know, we beat the British. And it's like, that's victory. Well, is that really victory in God's eyes? We still have slavery. You know, because we measure things how we feel and what we want and what we got. But we should always pass it by the Lord. Are y'all here? How about the Civil War? You know, the, the union wins. Well, we got this thing solved. We got victory. Well, how does God see that? No, there's still hearts that are not right all over the country. It's more of a problem now than ever. There's so much going on, and so, but we count victory in a, in a we measure it different than the Lord. And I've decided in my life, Lord, when I think when I think I got victory, I want you to show me what the victory really is in this situation, not the way I see it, but how do you see it? And I have found when I think I've done it god is like you're not even halfway there but he's not condemning me he, he's a good father he's just want me to trust him when we make it big let's pass that make it big before god <laughs> You know what I mean? You don't have anything, then you got everything. Now your heart's away from God, and we think we got victory, and God's saying, "You ain't. you just lost your victory. Y'all get this? So it's a perception of what does God sense, feel? Are we pleasing him? The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. Those that come to him must believe that he exists. You know what? If you really believe that God exists, And if I really believe that God exists and his eyeball is on all of us, even behind closed doors, even on our own hearts that we can cover well in front of everybody, if we really believe that God exists, exists, we'd live differently. (laughs) We would really... Eyeball of God. He's watching our hearts. He's watching our attitudes. Sometimes we got victory on the outside, but the heart attitude is totally wrong. And God's like, you screaming and hollering victory and you don't have victory, you're still in bondage. I remember years ago before I got saved, I was looking out the back window of my beautiful home. We had, I just had bought a brand new uh, Cherokee Chief Jeep. This, this was the baddest truck at this time out it had quadra track it was new with four wheel drive this thing was just i just it just was bad and i remember looking out the back window i just got the brand new truck just got the the brand new uh, house i had a brand new job and they gave me a four wheel drive truck too so i got two two four wheel drive truck and a boat and plenty benefits, and a great family, and I'm looking outside of my window, and I'm thinking this, how can I get the next best thing that comes on the market? To keep up with the Joneses. Now, in my heart, I thought I had victory. I thought I was getting ahead, but in God's eyes is, you, you missing it all. I didn't know him. And so our aim should be to please him. I hope I'm going somewhere here today. I think I am. (laughs) Now, let, let me ask you a question. Yeah. A guy comes to my house on a motorcycle. This is one of a few times I've been on a motorcycle. I've been on a motorcycle three times. I enjoyed every time I was on it, but if I'd get on a motorcycle the fourth time, I'd probably hurt myself because I love the air and the breeze going through my hair at 85, <laughs> 90, 100 miles an hour. So I, I, I don't do motorcycles. I better not get in a plane. I'm just, I just, I do fairly well in a car. But anyway, a guy, a friend of mine, picks me up on a motorcycle. I see something smoking down the road, and I'm like, dude, some guy's house is burning down so I, I get on the back of the motorcycle he said let's go see what it is so I go down there and my, my jeep just broke down and it's that away but I'm not even putting it together and I walked home. yeah and Susan walked home and I said somebody's somebody's something burning down there I said bring me to my jeep and we'll find out what's burning well I get close and it looked like a car I said some idiot's car's burning on fire <laughs> he makes the bin, it's my truck Burn it, and the fire truck pulls up. It's just smoldering. They open the hood. They come out with this 10-inch hose. It looked like to me, and they just wet everything. They open the doors and they just. My car was just smoking, and we could have fixed that. But no. <laughs> they blew the dash apart with with the water pressure. <laughs> Anyway, my point is, I thought I was in victory. I thought I had it all together. And you might say, God took your Jeep away. No, no, my heart ain't right. You understand? The enemy just, I just opened the door. Don't leave any room for the enemy. I'm telling you, he's looking for just a little place to come in. Now, the Bible says, verse 14, that we should no longer be children. That right there tells you to grow up tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunningness craftiness of deceitful plotting so we must know our enemy you you must you gotta grow up and the Bible says we should know you know we don't have to beat the devil up we just need to know his strategies he's already beat he's already damaged really well but he's he's doing like guerrilla warfare. You know once a country takes another country there's always a couple of people with bb guns and little bitty old weapons just putting fear in people and it's not many it's called guerrilla warfare you can't find them you can't hunt them out that's what the enemy does he knows he's defeated and all he's doing right now is creating fear and just confusion in the camp of god's people but we need to grow up and see that and he will use your brothers and sisters to do that if he can bring division he can conquer things if we stay united and one he has no place but speaking the truth in love you know you can speak the truth and beat people up and so we the truth needs to be lathered up in love But we can't just love people without the truth because that's not love. You have to love people, but you have to give them them the truth that they can be set free. And listen to this, the, the second part of verse 15. Grow up. Tell your neighbor, grow up. It says grow up in all things. Grow up in your relationship and your marriage. Grow up in knowing that you have to train up your children the way they should go. Grow up in knowing that you can't be offended. Grow up in knowing is that you have to get along with your brothers and sisters. Grow up in knowing the wiles of the enemy, that we're not fighting against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers and heavenly hosts. We have to grow up and we have to see correctly. Grow up in all things. Grow up in understanding giving. Grow up in understanding people will not know Christ unless you tell them about Christ. Grow up. Come out the boat. Trust the Lord. Come further than you've already come. And then it says, into him who is the head. How many of y'all know the head's right? When I read this this morning, I saw a head of a human, and then I saw this deformed body. The head's good, but the body needs to get strong, and unity is where the strength can come. We're going to see that in just a moment. And this is the scripture that I read Wednesday night. From whom the whole body, that's us, join and knit together. That's talking about being together. We do much better together. In unity I'd like to take the word unity in a in a little further round that we need to understand it's really called Union you know we can be in unity in a lot of areas but to be in Union that covers a lot of different areas in union with Christ one when with one another and it, and it says the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies. So you understand every joint. Every one of you are a joint. You may have smoked one, but I ain't talking about that. Every one of you are a joint. You're a member. You're a piece and a part of the body of Christ that has a function, that has a supply. I would would never tell my hand, I don't need you because I like my hand, it has a purpose, it has a supply. And so I would never tell my ear, I don't want but one of you. I want both of my ears. Now you need to use them here. And so every part of my body to me, it might not be to you, is important. Even areas that are, I'm not gonna go there, <laughs> covered and stinky and may not look as appropriate as everything else. You need it. (laughs) I wish I had a camera so we could just go inside of our nose and see what it looks like. (laughs) The inside of your nose is just as important as the outside of your nose, you little cute thing. (laughs) By what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part or every joint or every member, every part does its share. Every part of the body of Christ has a supply and has a share. And because when it's used, mobilized, and activated in the church, this is what happened, causes growth of the body. So you understand everybody doing their part in the body of christ causes the body to grow as long as all my parts are functioning and giving its supply and doing its share i look good that was an applaud no, i'm just kidding but you understand if something's not functioning in my body it will cause me to be weak I'll have an ailment I could have pain I could suffer and so the body of Christ does not need to suffer Jesus the Bible says Jesus is the Savior of the body that's why when somebody gets sick I say, Lord you said you're the Savior of the body and I hold him to it and here we are touch John Denton right way yes. he is right now in the name of Jesus because when anybody in the body suffers We all suffer. The supply is not there. The sharing is not there. The uniqueness of that person, we can't see it. We can't be a part of it. Everybody in here today is very, very important, not only to me, but to one another, and also to the Lord. Years ago, uh, I put this tight jacket on. Anybody ever put a tight jacket on? Well, I put the tight jacket on it was real tight and when i zipped it up it didn't it didn't link up the the links it just went and it went and so now i got this with a zipper in the middle tight i can't get out i'm like i'm trapped (laughs) I, i can't get out and i said And I thought, well, if I pull it up higher, maybe it'll just come out. So I started pulling it up higher, and now it's way up here. I'm trapped more. Now I can't get my head out. Y'all listening to me? I got myself in a bad place because the zipper ain't working. And all these little links, I mean, those little things are so small. I don't even know how they put that together and make it. But all these little links, the little bottom links, they quit working. There was only a couple of links working. (laughs) And now because all the rest of the links were not going to work, I'm in a a bind. And I'm almost like trapped and I'm confined. Y'all with me? And there's no way to go back down and put them together. If you don't start right, it don't end up right and so i i just had to i just broke it i came out i got out but that's not what we want you know when people and we used to use the word here at the church we didn't use the word connect before connect got popular we used the word link link up hey neighbor link link up link up link up and so i have found this since that day i get a little paranoid when i put a coat on that's why i like buttons you can bust them out pretty quick but every time you ever put a jacket on and you see people going like this, well, I've learned if the track is long, you know the little track they give you a little. It's for, it's for really for kids. Kids need a longer track, so you put you kind of couple it up, and then there's a little track, and you just pull up on it, and it's it's just running right. And all of a sudden, it catches the first link, and you go and it just worked right. I tell your neighbor, get on, get on track. So this is the deal. Each and every one of us are a link. And God is the one putting his hand on the tab of your life. And he wants us all to come up together. He doesn't want anybody out of place. Are you here? And I'm telling you, that little track, it's available it's not hard well i never zipped up a coat before we well, just try it. it's not that hard you understand when you zip up you link up and when you zip something up you're putting something together it's like a garment you're putting something together i don't know victor i'll just tell you this but latino ladies they zip up on the back that's right and they, I don't, I think they pour themselves into their clothes sometimes. It's tight, huh, Sue? We were down in Acapulco and I started laying hands on, on these ladies. They, they fall over forward. And they zipped up on the back. And when they'd fall over, I heard zippers popping. I'm like, way too much information here, way too much it was true was it? it's just tight it just tight. how many how many of y'all know life gets tight sometimes just keep your zipper up just stay linked up with people you understand in the church I remember years ago I just thought about this I started preaching and somebody started going and I'm like what I said, ooh, (laughs) I never quit. I kept going. Tell your neighbor, zip it up. Y'all know the little zip thing on the baggies? They even have it in a a place today. You put it together, and you do that. It was like blue and red, and when you do this, it's green (laughs) because they want to let you know it's zipped. And so when we zip up together, we become something very colorful. We become something that we couldn't become on our own. And sometimes, you know, when you zip things up, you got to be careful of thread. Some fabric doesn't get y'all ever had that happen. The next thing you know, you got something knotted up in your zipper. And that can even happen in church when God is trying to zip us up. When God is trying to put us together, the enemy will come in and just throw some trash in what we're trying to unite. And if you don't get it out and if you don't see the hand of the enemy, we just all, everybody knows you're just like this. So next time you see somebody all confused, messed up and offended, just go. (laughs) You can see them. (laughs) Some people stay in the bathroom too long. The zipper ain't working. I'm going to move on. I got to thank you right here. I'll tell you a story about two people in the Bible. that didn't know how to zip it up. Ananias and Sapphira. It cost them. Matter of fact, you know, people think in Acts, they were receiving an offering. They were not receiving an offering. There was a move of God. Nobody was up there giving a giving teaching. It was a move of God and all of a sudden the Spirit of God started talking to people about the blessings that they had and all of a sudden everything that everybody had they started laying it down at the Apostles feet y'all here it was just by the Spirit it was a flow it was a move of God and people think that Ananias and Sapphira died because they held something back that's not it they didn't want a part of the move of god they had their own agenda they were not in the flow they didn't want to participate they were isolated they were doing their own thing in the move of god and god said i ain't putting up with that that's new testament lord please we lost enough we don't need to have funerals come on (laughs) wake up y'all understand so if you get out of the flow of what God's pulling you to, you understand? It's only going to complicate your life. Are you here? You remember when all the disciples were at the table of the Lord, and the Lord said, "One of you are going to betray me," and they all did this one at a time. Lord, is it me? If Timmy was there, Timmy would say, "Lord, is it? Is it me?" If Joe was there, Joe would say, "Lord, is it me?" If DeLacy was there. She would say, the Lord, is it me? You know, when we preach in the message in this church, we never looking at our own hearts. We're looking at everybody else. Pastor, this is a good message today, but it ain't for me. I got this. No, you don't. We need to keep our attitude, whatever the Lord is saying. Lord, is this for me? Lord, is this for me? Well, I've been doing this a long time. I got it right, but when the Word of God comes, we should be the same way as those first disciples. Lord, is it me? is it me you're trying to reach is it me you're trying to change is it me you're trying to transform is it me the problem am I am I a part of the, the the link up that's not linked up is it me Lord boy if we could get to that place is it me Lord because we're thinking Lord if it's me I could hurt them Americans don't think like that it's all about me 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 no but in the body of Christ Lord is yes. it me is it me Lord I don't want to hurt anybody I don't want to stifle a move of God I don't want to be like Ananias and Sapphira I want to be in the flow I want to be in what God is doing so Lord is it me is it me every service I go in when I read the Word of God I'm like Lord you know it's easy to see everybody else's face when you read the scripture we try to defend ourselves against everybody when we look at the scripture oh I know that person got a name got a picture that's not how it works. Is it me? Is it me? Let's get it right before we look beyond ourselves. Is it me? I say this is good. Is. Let's read Psalm 133. The Bible says, Behold. That means pay attention. Look closely. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity. How many of you know you can dwell together, but not be in unity. How many of you know a man and a woman can live in a house and not be in unity, but dwell together? You can come to church and be with us and be for us, but not in unity, not giving a supply, not doing your share. It is. And then he gives two uh, types or two explanations on what good and pleasant looks like now if it's good in this terminology it's what God wants this is righteous this is what the Lord wants when it's pleasant it's good for God but it's pleasant for us you know I'm I'm looking at that lady on Facebook that was beaten there's nothing you can see in there as good but she's pleasing to the Lord It's good for God. And I've realized the blood of the martyrs, those that did the good thing when it didn't feel good and it didn't look good, but it was righteous, they would not bow. Those people throughout the generation passed off the gospel to me. Had not those people stood up and, and they did not compromise, Because they held to the ways of the Lord, one day the gospel was given to me. Not everybody lived like you and I live today, like we're living the gospel in the United States. Hadn't always been like this. People died for their beliefs. People died, gave their lives, suffered and were persecuted that one day that gospel could be handed off to us. Just like the military, men died that we could have this freedom same way spiritually speaking with the gospel men and women died gave their lives were rejected by families and governments brothers and sisters taken uh, their lands were taken and different things went on because they would not renounce the gospel of Jesus Christ but once they get to heaven even if they lost their life there's more there for them than they lost here because they please the Lord this is good this is two examples. It is like precious oil upon the head running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of the garments. When I read this, I started thinking about the oil. And in the oil that they would anoint the priests with, it was it had a fragrance to it, myrrh, Frankenstein. So it, frankincense, Frankenstein. We got some frankincense and we got some Frankenstein. There it is, right there. Anyway, so that, listen, unity has a fragrance. It smells good. It looks good. And then it talks about, uh, it's like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. That's a refreshing. You know, I got my she shed finish. Anyway, I'll just leave it like that. That's a place I put Susan when she's not, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> anyway it's it's a project that I had finished and I wanted to take some nice pictures of it so I took the pictures about 730 and about 7 to 730 in South Louisiana you just see a mist in the air it's just it's a it's just a mist and if you watch this mist, it'll just come down and settle on things and it's a dew. and so that tells me in this scripture not only does the oil run and it smells good but the mist is refreshing and so in unity it's just a fragrance to the Lord and to those around us that they the world is stinky to them they're confused they don't understand but when they see us together come on they see our love for one another they wonder it becomes curious how many have been accused of you loving the church more than your own family. Some have been persecuted about it. Well, you have blood kin, but then you have blood kin <laughs> through the blood of Jesus. And I'm telling you, that blood of Jesus is tight, it's right, it's strong. It puts us together like nothing else in this planet. And then the Bible says this for there, where is there that's the place of unity that's the place of unity union for there who wants to be in that place called there but listen we all need to be striving for that place called there first of all in your own family with your own marriage with your own children on the job in which you've called to be if you're a teacher at school our governmental job wherever you that's what we are striving for to have this unity right And so I'm calling unity, the place called there. And listen what happens to the place called there. He commands blessings. So where there's unity, the oil starts to flow. Unity is the catalyst for the anointing to start to move. They were unified in the spirit in the book of Acts when the move of God came and people just started selling properties and houses. Listen, that's the move of God because you can't even get people to reach in the back of their pocket to get their wallet out. But this is what happened. It takes the spirit. How many of y'all know it takes the spirit of God for you to open up your wallet and grab money and just give it away? It takes the Spirit of God. It takes the Spirit of God. It takes the knowing of the Spirit and and what pleases God and what He wants. And so that's what was moving the church in the early days. It was the Spirit of God. It was the flow. And everybody wanted in on it, and they would do whatever the Spirit said do to stay in that move. It didn't matter if it looked like it was going to subtract from them. They would do it by the spirit of the living God come on man so the transference of the anointing and the blessings the true blessings genuine blessings of the Lord come in unity now you might be here and say you know I don't need nobody that's a problem that's a big problem I got this myself That's, that's a problem Numbers eleven seventeen 17 says, Then I will walk down and talk with you there, talking to Moses. I will take of my spirit that is upon you, Moses, and I will put the same upon them. And they shall bear the burden of the people with you, that you may not bear it yourself alone. Come on, somebody. This thing about the preacher, the, the rhinestone cowboy, the one-man show, you know, the charismatic crazymatic one guy in the church doing it all that day is over Amen. god's wanting to equip the whole body of christ to begin to flow in what he's calling us to do in the name of jesus so it's not about me it's about we Amen. and then when we pray the our father you understand we're praying the hour we are together in this thing you know a lot of people they just get together it's always it's just always about me 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 what about your brothers and sisters Amen. what about those that that are maybe don't have what you already have that needs to be our attitude the body of christ if the body of christ suffers we all suffer a little plug for the pastor too <laughs> the bible says confess your trespasses to one another huh yeah. you mean how are you going to do that by yourself confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you see it starts with togetherness it starts with unity it starts with a couple it starts with a crowd it starts with brothers and sisters and then you will be healed many people are not healed because they are all by themselves you understand the body of Christ has a supply for everybody the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much how does that all start in the we in the us i like the word plural double plural word us -us. i'm gonna (laughs) preach a message us -us. like uh, (laughs) nessus. peter and john went up to prayer together you know you don't even hear about john when the crippled man gets healed but john was with peter peter did the talking but he was not by himself they were going to prayer. They were in the spirit. They came out the upper room together. How many of y'all know together we do better? Amen. Let me say this. I don't know. If, I know you know this. There's a 2080 rule. Y'all have heard of the 2080 rule? Well, 20% of the people in the body of Christ do everything, and the 80% just have the benefits of it. I'm not complaining. I think we're a little higher than that. But the Bible says this rejoice with those that rejoice weep with those that weep so you might come in here on Sunday morning and you're just like you know what I don't feel like praising God well you 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 are being disobedient because if you look around the Bible says you need to rejoice with those that are rejoicing it ain't about how you feel it ain't about what you've been through the Bible says rejoice with those that are rejoicing Clap with those that are clapping. (laughs) Serve with those that are serving. I don't want to, you rebellious thing. Weep with those that are weeping. Mourn with those that are mourning. Y'all, we're one. And then, of course, the the great scripture we all know, Acts 2-1. They were all in one accord, one place, in one mind. And the Bible says they all got filled. And then the Bible says they all spoke and so that's the culmination of unity but I'm not gonna go there yet because I have something good coming to you Acts 1 9 the former account I made O Theopolis uh, Paul he didn't know how to work computers and a lot of technology so he had his own tech man Theopolis was his scribe. I think Paul would just preach and he just he just write. I need a scribe <laughs> <laughs> Theopolis And all that Jesus began both to do and to teach. Well, Jesus taught everything. He started everything when he was baptized by John the Baptist. That's where it all started. But he's writing down everything that Jesus began. Now, listen to this. Jesus began some things. That means something needs to be finished. And that means Jesus is not here right now. So the church has got to finish it. Because what he started, he wants completed, but it's, he's not going to do it all himself. He needs us in unity and in trust with him. Now listen to this. Until the day in which, we would, we were, in which he was taken up. So Jesus rose from the dead and Jesus ascended. The Holy Spirit had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after suffering by many infallible proofs being seen by them during 40 days. This had to be an amazing time. You think Jesus preached these 40 days? He, he just rose from the grave. grave. I mean, he's preaching now like he never preached. He came out the grave. When you come out the grave, you live differently. When you know you came out the grave, you'll live differently. When you know the world had buried you, when you know you died to Christ. When you come up in that revelation, you're going to be a totally different person and people will see it on you. The Holy Spirit promised and being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem. This is the church circle at this time. But to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, and he's already said this and he's saying it again, you have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water. But you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, everybody say come together yeah. right now. Amen. Don't go any further than that. They asked him saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? All in the flesh, all in the natural. They're missing it. The kingdom of God is not politics. The kingdom of God is not a bunch of rules and regulations. The kingdom of God is not about sitting on the riverfront, high-priced places, seats, or the cheap seats in the back, just being a little crazy. (laughs) It is not about your position, your place. It's really not about your talent, what you think, what I think. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost it's not about title it's not about Bishop we bow to you it's not about Pastor Butch it's about righteousness peace and joy in the Holy Ghost Amen. come on it's not about meat and drink it's not about anything in the natural it's about pleasing the Father and he said he said to them it is not for you to know the times and seasons what the Father has put in his own authority but you shall receive power when or after the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses powerful witnesses yes. to me in Addison Plackman Port Allen Bruley White Castle, Donisonville Greensburg, Greensburg <laughs> Denham Springs yes. Yes. name your city Central, okay. Zachary <laughs> Be That Rouge Erwinville Erwinville in all Judea y'all know what that's a, that's Louisiana South that's the Cajunville right there All of South America Judea and Samaria Judea that's the United States or the Americas and then it says the uttermost of the furthest or the ends of the earth that's the nations now when he spoke these things while they watched he was taken up a cloud if I say cloud Cloud. Jesus invented going into the cloud not our technology received him out of their sight now this whole scripture is about being witnesses and this is what I want to talk about we need to be one in our witness how are we gonna accomplish this and the word witnesses is plural so we're we're all different because we have different backgrounds, different personalities we have different makeups if you look around we're different different should not be difficult, different should just complement different should, this diverse thing that God has in the church is really, really good and if you don't like it you won't like heaven because it's going to be like diversified (laughs) (laughs) The definition for a witness First, someone with a first-hand account Someone has seen something Has heard something Or experienced something Like a car accident There's witnesses, somebody saw it Somebody was there A sign One who can publicly affirm something To be present at Or have a personal knowledge of To testify. So a witness is not gossip. It's not hearsay. It's personal eyewitness. You heard it. You saw it. And now you can tell about it. It has to be something seen, something heard, and something that could be communicated. See, those that see it and hear it, they should be able to communicate it that's the testimony that's the the word of being uh, testifying so this is my point and you're gonna like this even though you don't look like you're gonna like it you're gonna like this Jesus said in this scripture you shall be my witnesses and then he's just taken up I'm like he should be saying you are my witnesses. But he's saying, you shall be my witnesses. He's talking to his disciples. Those that live with him three and a half years. Those that walked and talked with him, he's still telling them, you shall be my witness. Don't I just looked, I read that and I got something wrong with that. But Jesus is saying it, so I can't resist it. You shall be my witnesses. This is how we are going to be one witness. Now, the same disciples that he's telling, you shall be my witnesses, are the ones that took him down from the cross. They pulled his hands off the nails. They saw his dead body. I don't know if you know it, but when there's a dead body, You don't have to go to medical school to find out it's a dead body. I mean, I shot many deer. They never walked out the woods. I had to drag them. They were dead, limp. They couldn't even help themselves and they couldn't help me. Dead dog, dead cat, it's dead. You know when something's dead. They knew Jesus was dead. They, They knew he was dead. Now you would think, And now they're talking to him. You would think they are his witnesses. But he's saying, you shall be my witnesses. So he dies. Jesus dies. And all of a sudden, they're all fearful. Three days, he's gone. And all of a sudden, I got to give a hand to the women right here. The women start spreading this rumor. His body's gone. His body's gone. He said he, re- he was going to resurrect. That's women. Women are talk. You know where the men are? They shut up in their man cave with the doors locked. This was the first man cave ever established for men. Because when something goes really bad wrong, women start talking. Boom, 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 boom. And men shut up. And lock themselves away. They might tell, Come on, let's give the ladies a hand. Yeah. And in these days, women were not supposed to talk. They were supposed to keep their mouths shut, but they couldn't shut up. They had this idea up here He's alive. So, so she, Jesus is up to something. And the men are scared to death, got the doors locked because they were fearful that the Jews were going to kill them. They were shaking at their knees and all of a sudden, Jesus just comes walk through the wall and this is how men are. They just don't get it. It's a ghost. (laughs) The ladies had it before they saw him but the men looking straight at the truth. It's a ghost. That happened in the boat. It's a ghost. Men just get so far out of the way. Come on. I'm taking I'm I'm speaking to some ladies in here I'm asking you ladies don't shut up keep talking about the resurrection of Jesus Christ and I'm asking the men to come out and then of course you know Peter was scared before I mean Peter's like I'm going back fishing Thomas is like, you know what? Jesus just got us in trouble. He just made things bad. This ministry thing was never right. It's over. Our leader's gone. I'm out of here too. I don't believe any of this stuff. So they have a meeting. Jesus shows up. Thomas is not there. And all of a sudden, Jesus says, "It's, it's me. Put your fingers right there. Put your hand in my side. And they're like, oh, my God. So they run and they tell Thomas, and Thomas said, I ain't believe in none of this. This whole thing has got me in trouble. They said, no, you need to come. So next thing you know, he's with the disciple. Boom, Jesus comes back through the wall. He said, Thomas, put your finger in the nail hole. Put your hand in my side. He hits the floor like a dead man. He said, my Lord and my God. And Jesus says, you're blessed because you see. But those that don't see are more blessed by faith. I see it. I wasn't at the crucifixion, but I I see, I know it's real. And then Jesus, listen, he preaches for 40 days. 40 days. And he has the disciples with him. He came to show them what was going to happen after he left. And so they're watching him preach, they're watching him walk through walls. The Bible says he showed them many infallible proofs. That means when it happens, you can't even question it. You know, it is real. God. And now Jesus is about to ascend and he's telling all of these men, you shall be my witnesses. I mean, if you ain't got it after that, I'm, in my mind, you ain't going to ever get it. They saw it all happen in the natural. They saw the ministry of Jesus on the earth. But the Lord showed me in this. It don't matter what you see on this earth. You need to see what he did in heaven once he got to heaven. He finished the work. and We don't talk about that a whole lot. We know he lived. We know he died. We know he was buried. We know he was resurrected. We know he preached the gospel and brought all of his disciples close to him and he showed them these infallible proofs. But he's still saying in this scripture, that's not enough. So being there, walking with him, watching it all is still not enough to be a witness because the natural seeing and hearing is not enough. You got to get a heavenly witness. Jesus resurrected from the dead, preached for 40 days, and then he slipped through a cloud. The cloud escorted him up into the place of the Holy of Holies, and there he showed his blood to the father and at that place he is finished you understand it here it is father this is redemption for all of mankind so you understand the witness comes from the finished work in heaven and he makes intercession for all of us right now y'all got to see this this is where the, the witness comes out of you because the witness comes in you. He said, I won't leave you alone. I won't forsake you. But the Father's gonna send another one, a comforter. And before Jesus left this earth, he had a prayer meeting. And five times in John 17, he said, Lord, Father, make them one as we are one. How is he gonna do that? He's gonna send his spirit back. And so to be a witness is not necessarily to see or to hear in the natural. To be a witness is to have the witness on the inside. Come on, somebody. You understand? Without the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost is the promise. The Holy Ghost is the seal. The Holy Ghost is the confirmation, the guarantee that the blood was spilled on the mercy seat golly that's where we operate from the blood was spilled on the mercy seat that's where the witness comes out of us and only the Holy Ghost can show us that you can't see it on earth you got to see it from up there you have to see where Jesus went and what he accomplished years ago the priest would go into the Holy of Holies and all the people had to stay on the outside They had to wait on the outside. And the priest would go in. He'd go through the outer court. He'd go through the inner court. And then he'd pass through the veil to the Holy of Holies. And he was holding the blood of a perfect lamb in the eyes of man. A shed animal to cover the sins of God's people. Listen to this. This is so powerful. They're all waiting outside. And that priest would go in. And when he would go in, he'd change his clothes before he went in. He'd cleanse himself before he went in. And when he went in, he had this robe on. It had pomegranates and bells. And he'd go in, and everybody is sitting outside patiently because this blood is going to atone their sins for one year, If the priest is right, if the priest ain't right, it's hopeless for everybody waiting. So the priest goes in, and they're patiently waiting on the outside. They couldn't come in. And the priest goes in there, and he sprinkles the blood of the lamb. And they're patiently waiting. And all of a sudden, they hear You you might not get that. But those Jews, you, they were okay for one year. They knew it. They were waiting to get the sign. They were waiting to hear that sound that they would be okay for one year because the priest was right. He shed the right blood of the right lamb at the right time and it atoned their sins. And when they hear the bell. We're not Jewish. We don't understand that. It's like the doctor coming out. You got the bad diagnosis. But you're waiting patiently. For the sound. Of the good diagnosis. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what lies before you. But you're waiting patiently. For the good report. That's what they would do the doctor comes out and you hear this good report so you get this sigh of relief that's how all those Jews were just a sigh of relief we're okay we're okay for another year but the blood of that lamb after one year was powerless you have to go in again then they'd wait to hear that sound those bells to make sure that blood got on that mercy seat, and they'd hear ding a ling ling ding, ding a ling ding. And joy would just hit them. We're redeemed again. We're safe for another year. So Jesus said to his disciple, "You shall become a witness." He said, "Well, go wait." go wait go tarry in Jerusalem now these Jews knew what this meant waiting Jesus rose from the dead and they waited and they waited and they waited for a sound a noise if I could say finish in a minute when Jesus came out that grave he wasn't scared he wasn't alone he was mocking death when he came out the grave he was mocking sickness anybody he laid his hands on anybody he prayed for they just got healed if he was me if I was him I would just come up and say, how you like me now? <laughs> how you like me now? How you like me now? And this is what he told. This is what he told death. You have no sting. Amen. You ever get burned by a wasp? I mean, if he bites me, he's finna to get slapped. That's right. <laughs> and he, he'll he he'll hit me and sting me and I'll go, Dad. where's your sting now? Where's your little sting now? Where's your little sting now, Your dead thing, defeated that's thing? Right, that's right. Death is defeated. Yes, we said right. it. The king is alive. Amen. That's what he was saying. Yes. Death is defeated. Yes. Sickness is defeated. Yes. Poverty is defeated. Yes. The power of sin yes. is defeated. Where's your sting? He even mocked the grave. Grave. You don't have no victory. Amen. Why does grave not have a victory? Because victory got out of it. And because victory got out of it, we get out of it. So Jesus was like giggling at death in the grave. He's showing his disciples, this is how you're going to live. You're free. Death, the grave, it has no hold on you. I sing the song here. I think Jesus sung my song. Na, 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 na. Na, 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 na. Na 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 you have no sting. That's right. You have no victory. Nah, na 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 just shaking his yes. finger at death in the grave and the enemy and all of his tactics. He just overcame everything. And then the disciples are waiting to get the sign, the proof, the real heavenly proof that all of this is true that you can really be a witness for Jesus Christ Father here's my blood then the Father sent the Holy Ghost they're waiting patiently then the bells start ringing in the room like a sound of a wind y'all got it I'm going to stop right there that the priest made it to the throne room and the priest sprinkled his own before the Father So now the Holy Ghost is released yes. to, to come live in us yes. So we're not a witness We have the witness Amen. Living inside of yes. us That's good stuff right there yes. And you, you might say Well I'm not a good witness It ain't about you Boo. It's not about you, honey. It's not about how cute you are, what you wear. It's about the witness, the Holy Ghost, living inside of each and every one of us. And if we would just let him have his way, we would just flow. People would get touched because the Holy Ghost is going to point to Jesus when we don't. It becomes about us. It becomes about my ministry, what I'm going to do, how I'm going to do it. But when we just let the Holy Spirit have his way, All of a sudden, he's going to be the witness through us, whether it's in a marriage, whether it's in your children, your family, your job, a teacher, the government, wherever your realm of influence is, let the witness be the witness in Jesus' name. And your boldness should come from knowing that Jesus made it to the throne room and sprinkled his blood on the mercy seat. That's the power of all of Christianity right now. Jesus came from heaven lived on earth and went back to heaven with his own blood but it was shed it wasn't spilled I don't like the word that's like spilled milk it happened by an accident no he shed his blood right. intentionally for each and every one of us that he could get up out of the grave go back to the father and sprinkle the mercy seat that we can all be redeemed from the power of sin amen amen That's where we live from you live out of heaven you live out of what was accomplished by jesus in heaven it goes beyond what he accomplished on earth that's just a type of our life our ministry but the power of our life and our ministry comes from the blood on the mercy seat he loves us he desires us more than we would even want to give ourselves to him You want a change in life? That's the finished work. Understand. Get that revelation. It's been a mystery for years. You understand? It doesn't need to be a mystery. Listen, the physical body of Christ, Jesus, had to leave that the mystical body of Christ. What the world don't understand it's been revealed to us it's no longer mystical it's no longer a mystery it's been revealed christ in me the hope of glory that's the body of christ he's in each and every one of us who wants to tap into that this is not to hear with your head this is to receive in your spirit this will empower you this will put a boldness and a confidence in you this goes beyond Your limitations and the barriers that we may set up in our own lives. The power of the shed blood of the Son of the living God. Amen. Because he accomplished it, he released the anointing to break every yoke and every hindrance of every human being that would give themselves to the Son could be free. That the gospel could be preached in power the brokenhearted could be healed that the oppressed could be set free that the captives again could be liberated that blind eyes could see the dead could be raised raised the lepers could be cleansed i mean this is not some fake fanatical disney world gospel this is the gospel of jesus christ amen hallelujah seems like there'd just be a run into the altar but that's not what it's about it's about getting an understanding getting this in your heart it's all been accomplished what you are trying to do do it standing in what he's already done what you striving in stop striving stand in with finished work what you're struggling with put your struggle and your trust just in him let it go in the name of Jesus well Lord I thank you for this morning I thank you Lord and me personally and I know probably many people in here they actually step behind that veil that I'm talking about there's so much freedom so much liberty behind that veil, the work of Christ. Lord, we want to live in this. We don't want just a service and a message and a revelation, but we want to live in this freedom, this genuine, true freedom that you've given to us in this day and this hour. Your kingdom is all about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. There will never be a utopia in the natural realm. We live from above, not from beneath. We set our affections on those things that are above, not on things that are in this natural world. It's not a kingdom on earth. It's a kingdom within. It's not something we observe. It's something we understand and we know. The Christ in us. The hope of glory because he lives I'll live also above every struggle above the waters of this world above the contradictions and everything that opposes the gospel of Jesus Christ I'll live above it all I'm coming out the boat of my comfortable being I'm coming out of the boat where the crowd is and where all my friends are I'm coming past all of that Jesus I'm coming to you the living word the powerful word The word that can stand on every storm on this earth. The word that can overcome every big wave and all the torments and the impossibilities in this today's life. It's you we want, it's you we want to please. So Father, in the name of your son Jesus, fear the Holy Spirit, keep this revelation Deep inside of everyone's heart. That the shift can be made. That people can come away from areas that they put themselves in. Or areas that they can't grow in. That you have to take them out of. Do it, Lord. Grab their hand. Lead them, Lord. By your word. By your spirit, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we will see you Wednesday night. Apply this teaching to your life this week and see the glory.